Welcome to this episode of the Hive with Us podcast. I have a special guest, Mr. Matt Cavanaugh, and I also have my guest host, Anthony Gayona. Uh, we are Matt Cavanaugh is a podcast host of the Freedom Chasers podcast. Um, he does a, has amazing guests. Um, I think I think we've been, we've kind of rubbed off on a little bit a little bit on him a little bit. We might talk about a little bit, but um, he's jumped up to one episode per day, which is nonsense. I thought we were the only crazy ones to do that, but I think we might have inspired him and pushed him to do that out of uh, talking to me, but. We're, it's it's inspiring to help inspire other people just to create because I think most people in the world are consumers as a whole. So when you meet other creators that, that want to create more because you're creating more, I think it's a great uh, synergy that's um, just created out there in general just by having conversations and meeting cool people. I actually met him for the first time in Vegas at the Tykes event a few weeks ago, um, and it was kind of cool meeting some other podcast hosts and uh, just meeting cool people in general at events and stuff like that. So. No further ado, we have Anthony and Matt. How are you guys doing today? Great, man. Thanks for the invite. Man, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's uh, it's always cool to like to give and take with other podcast hosts because it's uh, it's a, it puts you change the seats, change the scenery, you know. Totally. <laughs> yeah, man. And to your point, early on, like you know, we we were at the event together, didn't know each other was going. And ended up, you know, meeting up, connecting, and then we got some great Filipino food and kind of walked away from some of the event for a while because the strategies that we were laying on each other were were pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean, like no doubt about it, you started before us and you were like launching so many episodes. So, you know, having you on the podcast was a big deal for us, not just because of the content that was created, but because of the strategy. And obviously, you know, before this call, we're throwing strategies back and forth, throwing guests back and forth. Um, you know, just obviously provide as much value to our audience as possible. Yeah, it's a definitely cool exchange that doesn't happen very often. But when you when you come across somebody that that's in the same like thought process, it, it really helps out a lot. So, uh, Matt, first question I always like asking is like, how long have you been in real estate, and how did you get into real estate? Because it's it's a different path for everybody, and I don't know, I kind of fell into it. So, what's what's your story look like? I'll go super quick. I was a math teacher, um, you know, was impacting kids, loved it, didn't make enough money to provide for a family and have my wife stay at home. So I left and went in B2B sales. The B2B sales job allowed me to build skills and income. And as a result of building skills, I built a self-confidence that gave me the, the mindset that I could actually make a business work, so on and so forth. And I was with that job for three and a half years and then did a little bit of investing on the side. The investing off of one deal made as much as my job made in one year. And that kind of allowed me to have the confidence to make the jump. I did have a limiting belief early on that that investment was probably just lucky. So I actually went as an agent and I started my business that way. But because of the sales background, I was able to get a lot of clients right away. And so from 2015 till about 2018, I was just churning transactions and building a team. 2018, I switched a little bit, stayed as an agent, still doing agent work, but became heavier and heavier investor focused over the last four years, four and a half years. And so what happened, like the big story for me was in 2018, I bought a triplex. I think I told you about it on a different one of our episodes. Yeah. That triplex, I held it for two years and along with another flip and sold those for a total profit of like $330,000. That profit along with the down payments went into a purchase in Chicago where these properties were rented by the room. And so that the rents on that property when I bought it were 11300 a month. That was the contract rents. And the only money I had in the deal was my two down payments. And so I went from zero equity, we'll call it 100K equity, the down payments, to almost 800000 
in equity and about a, you know whatever eleven thousand three hundred a month is in in rents. Now that's not profit. You know we have some expenses and and things yeah. and taxes, but that to me was so transformational because it was like I had done hundreds of agent transactions, probably five hundred to a thousand if you're counting the team that I had, and I made decent money. But when you're talking about five transactions and in five transactions going from zero to like I could probably retire on this, it was like mind was you know woken up. And the game was changed. And that's incredible, dude. So what, what kind of got you into that, the investor side of things? Did, like, did you meet a mentor or somebody else that was doing it? Did you just mirror it after? You know, it's crazy. I'm so glad you asked that question because, so I had seen people investing, but I had justified in my mind that it was better to be an agent. I thought by the time I buy the property, I put the money in, I pay the hard money, I pay the taxes on the short-term capital gains. I'm going to make 20 or 30,000 instead of 10. So why do all that work and take all that risk when I could just be making $10,000 like clockwork? And then I have a friend, which is your friend too, Daniel, maybe yours as well, Anthony and Chris Oriana. And Chris Oriana was just like, Hey Matt, your strategy's wrong. Now he didn't have the clout to prove it. Like he did, he wasn't some big time investor, but he was just consistently like persistent. Like this is the path. So him and I play chess on our phones. Like we talk all the time. We have, we have, you know, we're just buddies. So finally he had told me enough times where I'm like, fine, bro. Like just out of, out of fairness to our friendship, I'll just start telling people I'm an investor and stop giving the investor deals away to investors, but just taking them for myself. And literally five transactions later, I could stop working <laughs> if I wanted to. So now funny story and is he still like, like he does a lot of wholesaling and stuff. And he just told me about a deal he's going to wholesale, but we need to encourage him to actually buy property and hang on to it. Like he's not hanging on to properties, but he was the catalyst. Um, and as a result of that, we ended up going together to Nebraska uh, to a conference and, and I've done quite a few since then, but Chris Orion is, is my big person. I want to say thank you to for, for helping me switch directions. Yeah, I love that story, man. That's kind of like the, the, the story that we all hope for. When we get into real estate, you know, like I'm going to make it big. I saw the YouTube videos, right? You struggle for three to five years. So man, congrats to you to hitting that stride and and making it happen quickly. Thank you. And it's become a big passion of mine to give that information. And it's really interesting because the the internet world is full of get rich quick schemes. And so people are on their guard, but like, I'm looking at this and going like, well, I could teach you how to be an agent and how to spend your entire career trying to make it work. Or I could teach you this other strategy and you guys are doing no different, right? You guys are doing seven figure land deals, right? Multiple six figure land deals. And so it's like the only difference between what you guys are doing now and what we're doing is the strategy and some basic skills that we put together. I mean, Daniel, I remember when you were on our podcast, like your first two single family deals like blew up, you know, and then you went in the land and killed it. Like, so that that's a big thing that I want to do is, is, I want to continue to grow and succeed, but I want to give back. So I want to save people 10, 20, 30 years on their journey by giving them better strategies to, you know, to cut straight to the, the financial freedom. I, I, I'm really glad you mentioned that too, because like, I, I'm, I'm big, on, I'm big on Twitter and I've been talking a lot of crap on Twitter lately. It's one, of those, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, I do it because I want you to show there's other strategies and like people, and this is, this is for everybody here. If this is you, like, I'm not poking at you directly, but like if you think flipping is the only way to make money, if you think uh, being a uh, Airbnb host is the only way to make money, like there's better ways to do those things and make better profit with less work. And the only thing is, is like you might be the the best land flipper in your backyard and you're known for that, 
but like you're stuck in that one position because you're not looking outside and you might have it figured out, but there's other things that may work out better that you're like, you're going to look at it and you're like, man, I should have listened. I should have like got out of my own way and listened to other people's feedback because like it's one, and this is where I go back to the Twitter. I kind of poke at people a lot because I want to, I want them to hopefully think outside I, the box. Yeah. Hopefully yes. I think outside the box and they're like, what'd you mean by that? Can you, talk, can, exactly. you, can you elaborate a little bit more? I'm looking for people that ask that question because if you're not thinking in that way, this is how me and Anthony, we, we've grown in so much in four years. You've been in real estate longer than both of us. But it's one of those things where like me and Anthony, we're not afraid to ask a stupid question. And I think that's what separates us to get us faster where we wanted to go is we're not afraid to like, hey, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate? I've never heard that before. What does that even mean? Can you like expand on that? And it's one of those things where we, we've grown so much in the real estate space in such a short time that like we have like 20, 30 years of knowledge in four years. hundred percent. And it's only a stupid question once. And once you know it, you're not stupid anymore. So it's like, Hey, if it's a stupid question, you, and you don't answer it, you're going to stay stupid. Um, so you might as well ask it and get smart. Move on. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think what Daniel's doing is genius on Twitter because it's people speaking their truth and they're giving great information, right? They have these bullet points and these key principles and they're, they're actually really, really good. But also, I think what, what Daniel's doing is he's exposing that's like, hey, you're not looking at the other side of the coin. There's something very important that we're missing here. So even though you are speaking your truth and it is valuable information, there's always other little things that you can, uh, different perspective that you can take. And I, I'm imagining that people might take him a little bit offensive, with some of the things he says, but then he just goes ahead and lays out clear examples right underneath the post. And people are like, wow, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I was going to, I was going to back up a little bit, something that we covered earlier is like, you know, uh, you want to keep your eyes and your mind open to other opportunities, but also without getting falling victim to that um, shiny, shiny object. object. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of, I feel like what we did in the beginning, we stayed with land, but we checked into apartments and self storage and, you know, mobile homes. So we, we still kind of kept veering off the path, just making sure that we weren't missing anything. But now that we've really refined it down and, and just focused on land and then more specifically bigger land deals, um, it's, it's been a, you know, a, a great, I guess, homecoming right because we went full circle we checked everything else out but we found our niche something that, that we're really good at and and it's very very niche specific it's kind of a strategy nobody's paying attention to again but we love it we're comfortable here and i think you got to go through that you got to check everything you know push all the buttons see what happens and then like, then really really niche down real hard into one strategy and then just run it over and over again yeah yeah exactly and like that was for me i mean i knew so that usually like investors will say invest in what you know so for me i knew single family if you don't know anything, invest in what you like, because then you're going to be most likely to want to be curious to know, and then you'll learn. And once you know, then you can invest. Uh, and then for me now that I've, I've, you know, acquired enough property, my main focus now is really, really doing what I love, which is exactly what we're doing right now, having conversations. And so for me, if I'm giving advice to somebody, like, I don't care what strategy they do. Like if they're coming to me for advice or for coaching, like I'm not going to tell them what strategy to do. I'm just going to say, Hey, like I'm more focused on their criteria, the timeline, the path, et cetera. Because as you guys know, you know, there's seven figure deals in almost every asset class. Oh yeah. Sing I mean, maybe not. I mean, even in single family, you could do million dollar deals, single family, multifamily for sure. Mobile home park, storage, land, et cetera. If you make seven figures on a deal, you do the right tax stuff. And then you go ahead and invest it into cash flowing assets. Any one particular deal will retire you. If your definition of retirement is ten thousand a month, which most people's are, 
Yeah, that'll carry you a long way. Yeah, we do know a couple people out in Florida that are doing uh, nothing but seven-figure and multiple seven-figure houses. Yeah, it's a pretty good living. So <laughs> like you said, right? you can kind of touch it anywhere. Exactly. And, and you know, your guys' deal you told me about on the, on the show was like, basically, you're creating a seven-figure profit, but you're not taking the profit up front. You're taking it in payments over, you know, 10 to 30 years. And it's like, like that's the dream. Like, you're doing a deal, and you could live off that deal for 10 years or 30 years. Like that's just like that. That's what I, what I want to get out to people. That's why I'm so excited that, you know, that we're doing this together is it's like a deal can get you retired five or 10 should be like no problem. If you're, if you're focused in the right direction and it's like, how long does it take to find five deals? You know what I mean? Particularly if you have people hunting for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Um, one thing, one thing I really want to hit on too is, uh, I think I think a lot of people you mentioned early on was surrounding yourself with like-minded, and you mentioned Chris, and Chris is a friend of mine. I've known Chris for three years. Being by yourself sucks, and, and entrepreneurship is like you you may feel like you're by yourself a lot of a lot of the time, but the thing is, is there's people out there doing the same thing you are. You just got to find your circle, and I, I think it's really really cool that finding your circle kind of pushed you into a new envelope where you kind of created a new version of yourself, which is always amazing. I love I love hearing that. I love hearing that side of it. Yeah, it's like Men in Black. Like you guys probably watched that movie. So Men in yeah. Black, you know, you get the locker, and then you discover at the end of the movie there's a bigger locker, and it's like, you know, like I grew up in a in a maybe middle classish like family, you know, and so people that were worth a million to five million, like that was that was it. Like you knew the billionaires existed, but until I got in the groups where the million is the ante, I didn't realize like how many successful people out there were, like doing how many things. Like it's wild. Like. um, so yeah, I mean, it's everything. Like if, if everybody for the most part you're hanging around is doing crazy stuff, like I feel so small, so, so small. Like if, if you put any of our incomes into a percentage net worth calculator, not net worth, but like a, like what percentage of the population are we? Like, are we top 5%, top 1%? And yeah. they take our net worth given our age. Like we're going to be in the top five, if not the top 1%. And yet the groups that I'm going around makes me feel like I'm the nine, top 99%. Like I've got 99% to go. Yeah. The, the, at the Tykes event, walking into that room, I felt like I was pretty, pretty seasoned. I qualified to be here. And then they say, Oh, we're, we're doing a hundred million dollars uh, sky rise in LA. I'm like, huh, I guess there's levels. Yeah. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Right. They raised $2.5 million and sold Tyke coins in, in one or two days. Right. If not one or two hours. And, um, yeah. I mean, it just shows like, and that's one of the things I love about real estate and business is like, you know, obviously we all have different reasons for making money and, and the charitable things we want to do with it. But like, it, it kind of is a scorecard for the amount of skills that you have and, and, the, and the strategies that you use. And so it gives, you can complain about the amount of money you have, or you can realize like, Hey, this is a reflection of the action that I'm taking or the skills that I have or the strategies I have or the relationships that I have. That's what I love about this business. I think more than anything is, is the relationships. So you, you are where you are, like I said, even if you're doing, even if you are that top two or 1%, right? But then, like you said, there's different di different levels. So even us, we're like, right now, our average deal had been like maybe one to two million, somewhere in that sweet spot. We just sent out a, sent out a contract for three, five. We're negotiations for one for six, five. So it's like, now we're starting to understand that it's all the same game. And as long as there's there's a clear understanding on both sides of the, of the coin between the, the buyer and seller, and we have a clear strategy, it's like, the rest is history because it's the same blueprint that we're using and we could just stamp it on anything. 
So uh, now we're going to go look at one that's 15 million. The guy says, I'll fly you out in a helicopter so you guys can come see it. So it's like, all right, you know, it's kind of cool because even though we've never been there, but what we're doing is we're not relying on our own intelligence or knowledge. We're also always reaching out to people that are ahead of us to say, hey, I have something in the pipe that I'm, I'm just not too sure. I'm, I can probably fund half of it, maybe a quarter of it, but I don't know what to do with the rest. And so this guy says, yeah, I have two or three people we can call if it makes sense on paper. So slowly but surely, we're building out the network. We're building out the, the new uh, skill set and then going into that comfort zone, man. I could see us someday trying to take down a hundred million dollar land deal. Right. It sounds yep. weird now, but it's coming, you know. Oh, absolutely love it, man. Yeah. And, that, and that's exactly it. It doesn't matter what asset class you're in. It all works. They've all got those those layers to them. Um, it's just, yeah, that's love it. Let's make a pivot to the podcast, man. Tell us a little about your yeah. podcast. When did you launch it? How many episodes you're in? Um, who's been your favorite guest? Who? Uh, we recorded... Yeah, we probably recorded 150 plus episodes now. We've released close to 100. Um, wow. We are, and we started it. We started recording in May. We started launching in, in October. Um, so I haven't told you this, Daniel, but we're we're about ready to put it on, uh, you know, even more force. So instead of releasing seven, now Tim is recording seven how tos, and we're going to record one together every single day. So we're going to record between 19 and 21 episodes a week starting today because i got back from from mexico this weekend so if we actually are able to follow through you know in the next 12 months we're going to do what is like like a thousand episodes or something like that um so yeah we love it now who's our favorite guest that is like impossible to answer like you have to get more specific so like i love deep stories so we have people that are overcoming just insane things um from like an emotional standpoint which is like meaningful to me because i was in the ministry uh, and then we have guys who've done insane things. Like we mention you guys a lot because like the appeal of like a quick seven figure profit is amazing. So, um, gosh, like maybe I can answer top five or 10. Um, I don't know. That's brutal. Like our guests are awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, if we had to go back and pick out our top one, like, I don't know, man. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. been a lot of good connections made. So, so many. And then there's like, okay, the episode itself, like, was it, was it the content? Was it the the connection? Was it the fact that like, there's been podcast guests that I have that we've done stuff together outside of the podcast. There's guys like you, Daniel, like we actually like, you know, got to eat food in an event together. Um, so it, it's just impossible. Like what I'll say is like, it'll be hard to imagine that 90% of my friends group is not somehow involved in the podcast within two or three years. Because it's like I'm constantly meeting every single day. I'm meeting people that are just unbelievable and driven and kind and all of the things that you want in friendships, you know, and guys like you that are willing to tell me where I'm falling short. Like you're like, hey, Matt, like look at the branding that we have. Look at the branding that you have, right? Like level up. And like in a lot of like non-business friendships, like they're too scared to tell you that kind of stuff, you know? But in our type of friendships, like there's just, there's no holding back. Cause we, like, we take it from a place of thankfulness and gratitude. And yeah, I want to say I've had two conversations this past week where the first thing I said to these people is like, I need your advice. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. No matter, no matter where you are on the playing field, you can always make that phone call or multiple phone calls. We say, Hey, I need you to help me level up. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that, that's like, like most of the population out there, like they're scared to like make themselves vulnerable because they've attached their identity to succeeding and failures. Like, critical. 
like, I don't know if you guys know Jordan Peterson, but um, he, he mentioned something that just like hit me deep. And he goes, the, the amount of maturity that someone has is the amount of truth that they're willing to tolerate. And I was like, oh, dang. Um, but I think that a lot of successful business people have a level of maturity because they are willing to digest so much unfavorable truth about themselves and take action on it. Ooh, digest unfavorable, tr unfavorable truths about yourself. That's powerful, man. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be a video right there. Yeah, I, I, that, that's, that's one of the coolest part about podcasting because I really wanted to get that question out of you because I know you got something good that I had never heard before that you're holding back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably got a bunch of things. If you ask the right questions, it'll like pop out. Like, <laughs> no, no, that, that's why I asked that, that loaded question because I'm like, I'm going to pull something out of this. I don't know what I'm going to pull, but it's going to be good. And that was it right there. That was one of them. And that's, that, that's, that's the dopest thing about podcasting, man. You don't know what you're going to get from each guest. And something sometimes it's, like you said, it's a cool experience, a cool story. It's a life lesson. It's a, it's a lesson that you don't have to go through. Totally. It's, some of them are painful. <laughs> really, really, really painful. Like, yeah. Like, okay. So let's talk software, right? I, I spent multiple six figures in software. You guys use go high level built on top of it, right? Like you guys did it right. Um, I have a couple other guys that actually built paid to build software that did it better. Like if I would have had conversations with the right guys before I started, I would have been able to take those six figures and put them into a much, much better direction. Like, you know, ignorance, whether you don't take people's advice or you don't ask can be really, really, really expensive. Like yep. crazy expensive. Yep. And if the sad part is that you might lose some money, you can replace the money, but you can't re replace the time lost. Yep. Right? Yeah. So something that would have took you, it had like, let's say it has a two to five year learning curve and you could have solved that in, in one to two phone calls. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm literally really glad you mentioned this. We mentioned this offline and I want to bring it up on the call. But what is time savings by education worth? Dude, it is, it is unreal. Like, so you can look at savings in multiple ways. You can look at savings as, as a sense of like, I'm not, it's not costing me, right? Like I don't have to pay for it. Then you can look at it like the, the cost the mistakes would have, or then you could look at it as more money earned, or then you could look at it as time saved, like, or you could look at it as trajectory. So like there, and there's probably even more ways, but one of my philosophies now because the deals that I've bought, the five deals that took me from zero to financial freedom, or at least we would call it financial independence, I didn't find any of those deals, none of them. And so like my philosophy as a person working a W-2 with the right strategy can go from zero to financially free where the only work they're making is making connections and making decisions. They don't have to learn how to find a deal. They don't have to learn how to even really analyze the deal that well because the information can be put in front of them by professionals. Every single part of the process can be done by a professional all the way through. So they're just building what I would consider nine or 10 key relationships and then making one or two key decisions. And they can go from zero to financially free, not using any of their own money, not using almost any of their own time, not using almost any of their own knowledge because they don't have any knowledge. Um, so that's the model that I'm working on like, trying to perfect, like I've done it for myself. I'm now starting to teach others, but I want to perfect it to where like you could take a six-year-old and the six-year-old could build a retirable amount of income so that it could not be argued that, you know, and not even my six-year-old, because then they would say it's Matt, it's your six-year-old, like they, right. they, they, your genetics, right? Um, <laughs> they're, they're forced to produce at a young age. 
and they're yeah, like you got them in the sweatshop of the Kavanaugh house, you know, uh, and they're like writing offers. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's the thing is I I love philosophy and I love thinking. Like my degree was in math, but my my love was philosophy. But as a philosophy major, like in college, you know that that's not going to pay the bills, and so but that 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 has not left me, and so I think there's not enough philosophical and strategical thought when it comes to the constructing of the path. And so, you know, and, and for me, some of the, the path that I have, I had to stumble upon it and some was carefully crafted, but, but, you know, once you discover it, you can't unsee it. And so if we could save a hundred thousand people, 20 years of misery, because 85%, the polls are showing 85% people are unhappy with their job. Like, like you, you asked, what's the cost? What's it worth to be unhappy for 20 years? Like what dollar amount would somebody pay if they could push a button and not be in a job they didn't want for 20 years? I don't know. And I'll tell you right along the lines of that. I was in construction for almost 20 years. And I remember, dude, working seven days a week, 15 hours a day and coming home tired, like so tired. You need a daily beer just to be able to show up to work. And um, I'm like, man, there has to be a way. There's some way out there. There's something that I'm missing. You know, so if, if I could have had my fairy godmother, you know, give me some information 20 years ago and taught me about real estate or land investing, like, man, the whole course of my life would have been different. You know, everything and the people around me, my family, my friends, like, it would have just been a whole different run. So now having the information, I do feel that same responsibility, like whether somebody does a deal with us or not, I got to get this information into other people's hands. Yeah. Like, like what happens to the college and the university system took guys like you have a proven track record of, of doing deals and making money or guys like me. Right. And, and they're like, Hey, instead of giving them a loan so they could spend $160,000 in a college, which has no guarantee of a job often doesn't produce a job. And if it does it, it's not. Yeah. And, and they'll allow us to go to the university of hive mind or the university of freedom chasers. Like what would that person's life look like after four years? Right. I mean, the college system gets them to work and do all day learning and then all day assignments. Right. If they did all day learning with you guys and all day assignments, like they're writing offers all day long, what does their life look like four years later? Like if they're not completely and utterly, you know, financially free. Ooh, that's I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah, that, that would lead, it would lead to a stronger economy. A hundred percent. Like absolutely a hundred percent. Like and, and we used to be on an apprenticeship model a lot more than we are now. Like the accrediting system, you know, has taken away a lot of the ability of, you know, entrepreneurs and visionaries from the ability to one, get the talent they need to scale. But two, it, it deprives the people that are in the college system of actually pursuing people that are doing some pretty crazy things. Like, like in college, generally you're learning from people that haven't done it. You're learning yeah. from people that just went to school, learned it and are teaching it, but didn't, weren't out in the field. They didn't master the field. Yeah. They just know about it. They teach you from the book. Yeah. Get out for them. Can you imagine learning what you guys know from a real estate agent certification class? Like it would never happen. Like there's yeah. no real estate agent certification classes that teaches you all the strategies you need to find, hunt down, acquire deals and make six, seven figure profits on a regular basis. Like it's yeah, you, not out there. You got to be out on the field, man. It's like, like, you know, I always use the example of fighting because I was a boxer when I was a kid. It's like, you can't read enough books to learn how to fight, right? You just got to get punched in the face. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And, and, and that should be part of the education process, like teaching people, like, like the coach mentality, right? Like you're going to get hit in the face, like, you know, man up, woman up, you know, like go back, get your licks because you got hit in the face. It doesn't mean you're a loser, you know, keep going. Um, 
that's this business in a nutshell. I mean, you, you like I said, you watch the YouTube videos, you hear from, you hear from the guru, you're ready to go make some money, and it hurts, man. It's a lot of you know, lots and lots of labor with no return on investment, lots of being told no, lots of being cussed out and hung up on, and it's like the people that do have this, the thick skin, they go on to be you know great performers, and the other ones they just they roll off into something else, and the next thing you know, they have an Amazon drop shipping, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. I'm just saying they completely skip out from the real estate stuff because they're tired of getting punched in the face. Totally. Yeah, they're doing solar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of solar sales people out there. And for the ones that are doing it with everything they've got and they're killing it, you know, kudos. Um, yeah, there's, 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 like we said, there's magic in everything. Right? Yeah, but I think the, the the main thing is to build up that thick skin and build up that experience, and you know, like you said, take those shots and and be able to perform and to continue to move forward even when it hurts. Um, mm -hmm. I think we can see that resilience in people. Like as soon as we start training somebody who's new, you already know who's going to kind of pop through. They're like that guy that like, hey, I got hung up on 400 times a day and cussed out 28 times. I'll see you guys in the morning. Like, oh, yeah. that guy's going to make it. <laughs> exactly. The, the other ones where they get cussed out and they're afraid to pick up the phone this time. They're afraid to, even afraid to do prospecting. Like, oh, man. If they, got their, if they got their feelings hurt already, you know, yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain it for the next six to nine months or a year until you get some momentum. Yeah, and I've been in the B2B sales world where we did prospecting and then I was – when I was an agent, I prospected a lot. So, you know, I probably made, I don't know, multiple six, six figures in terms of number of dials, yeah. hundreds of thousands of phone calls. And when we call expired, we got cussed out fairly frequently. And it was interesting, like for me, the, the, for anybody out there that might be doing calls that might be struggling, like one of the things that really helped me was the way that I personified the person on the other end. Like, you know, when they're cussing me out, like, I would picture them with like a really red face and with them like spitting out of their mouth when they're talking. And I made the personification so big that I like, I was literally laughing inside and there was even times I couldn't control it. I just started laughing on the phone, which was not, <laughs> not, not ideal, but um, like it was one of those things where like most of the time people have a hard time because it's like they, they're feeling rejected as opposed to like, literally it's not your problem that this person is going to blow up at the two second problem, you know? So um for anybody out there that's in sales, like that's like step number one is like, just make sure that anybody's opinions or frustrations, like that's their decision. You know, you stay balanced and keep going. I think I have a lot of compassion for those people. Uh, the way that I see it is like something's going on in their life that, that already they're in a position to explode right at, at, at the drop of a hat. So what else is going on in their life? They must have a lot of things going on. There's a lot of pain already built up. So there's no way I could be mad at that person or offended by that person. I feel more compassion to them. So it's, it's like, so it, nothing against me. Like, man, I don't know what's going on with that guy, but I feel bad for him. So I got a question for you guys. So you guys are salespeople. I'm a salesperson. My wife and I have debates on this. So I'm curious to get your take. So I am generally harder on salespeople. My rationale is, hey, if they're good or they're going to be good, I'm helping them. And my wife is like, hey, professional courtesy. Like, you should be nice to these people. Like, you're a salesperson. Like, what is your guys' mode of action when someone calls you and is trying to sell you something? Uh, I'll go first in this one. I, I give them pointers. Like, I went to the mall the other day and I was shopping for my wife. And the dude, the dude's like, he's like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, dude. Sales with, with your chest. <laughs> and I'm like, be confident. Understand what you're selling. And I'm like, giving him pointers. He's like, oh, you're in sales? I'm like, yeah, I'm in sales. He's like, I was like well, how do you think I did? I'm like, dude, you got you to gotta, you gotta be yeah. confident in what you're doing. I can sense you're not confident. As rule number one, be confident, understand what you're doing. So I, for me, I'm, I'm a little bit more compassionate because salespeople, good salespeople have been through the fire. And they've, they've, been, they've been punched in the face a lot of times. And sometimes, like, I'll punch him in the face, but it's gentle. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me like, tell you all the ways you can improve. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's my take. I've done both too, man. When they call me, sometimes I'm just like very like, what is this call about? Oh, sales call? Yeah, man, I'm super busy right now. I don't have time, brother, man. I appreciate you anyway. Still, yeah. still nice, but like, you, you know what time it is. This call, this call is over. 100%. And then also I've, I've done the, I've done what Daniel has done too. I'm like, did you just third party story me? Did you just feel felt found me? Come on, man. How yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're just calling out the labels. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I get it, man. You're new. Keep on doing it. You sound good on the phone. Have a good day, man. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. So I guess it, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. I always, I always hang up with like those dang marketers. Right. <laughs> and then you go back to your marketing gig. Yeah. <laughs> Finding properties. Yep. So it, it was one of the, this is a side story for me and Anthony. We were in Vegas and we went to Fremont and those, the street hustlers selling nothing. It was hilarious. <laughs> selling nothing. Okay. So describe this more. Okay. So I'm going to jump into the story. So we, we walk up and they're in the middle of their, their thing and Anthony wants to go. He walked off. So I'm just watching these guys. And they, they start music, they start the music, and everybody doesn't uh, know Fremont is people, they're in it's like street entertainers, they come in and do whatever. So, like, they start up, four of them get in a formation, they start playing the music, like they're gonna dance. Crowd starts forming, nothing happens. And then they break up, we need everybody to come in, we can't block the pathway, block the pathway. They never dance. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're stretching, they're bending down, they're warming up, they're taking their jacket off. The music's blasting. They're like, oh, come on, gather around, gather around, everybody, gather around. So this big crowd forms. I'm like, okay, let's get ready. Hey, guys, we don't work for free. You know, make sure you tip. They start passing the tip bag around. People are dropping dollars in. There's, and there's really nothing that happens, man. There's no performance sometimes. Like, they might do one or two things at the end, like do some kind of crazy flip or something, and that's it. But all day long, they're just there just hustling entire crowds for money. I'll talk, no show. Over and over again, dude. Once that one's over, they're, they, they're quiet for 10 or 15 minutes, and then bam, you hear it blast. The music starts blasting again. All right, everybody, get ready. And I'm telling you, man, they're back there like this and like this. And like you're like, dang, these guys are about to go off. Them do anything. That's <laughs> so funny. And they're just so, so all of us non dancers, that's the way we can make money if we, we get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> straight, straight to TikTok or Fremont Street. Right. That's so funny. It's fun. It, it, it's just interesting to, to see like, they sold that whole crowd, but not, they didn't sell them anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it, 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 was, it, was, it was very entertaining to see because I'm like, man, if I talk, if me and Anthony spent a day with that person to talk the real estate game, they'd be dangerous. <laughs> oh, dangerous. <laughs> like, like think of all the talented professionals out there that if they know what we know, you know, oh, yeah. when they have- they'd, be, they'd be so dangerous. And I, I think it comes down to the point where like, if you can sell smoke, you're, 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 you're in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a great product. We have, uh, you know, great relationships being formed, you know, great knowledge. I mean, so you're offering a lot for sale. And, and then there's people like that that are just good at selling air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like when you combine those two things, it gets crazy. I mean, like you guys are selling a high-end product. We're selling a high-end product. So we could we could give somebody a $25,000 product and help them make 100 to 200K you know, these guys, I mean, could probably sell five or 10 times more than we could in the same space. So right. I want to talk, I want to talk about this and I learned about this when we were in Vegas, but Mr. Uh, Matt here has a cool business model, which I want to, I really want to dig into. Um, you're a hired gun. Yeah. Hired gun. So uh, have you launched this yet? And where can people learn about this? Because I really want to talk about this. 
Yeah, what? so they can go they can go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and then they can book a call. And then what we'll do is we'll do a call with them. It's absolutely free. We'll give them strategies on that call. And then that's our kind of way of, I would never want to sell anything to anybody that isn't going to be a huge humongous benefit to them. So if they don't have the finances or they're just not in a position or it's not the right fit, I'm going to show them all the free resources that we have, the 21 podcasts that we do a week and all this type of stuff. If they're already doing some things and they've got some money and, and they, they, I could see they're going to be able to make it happen, then, then we could talk about this high-end pro- product. But basically what I've done for a long time, for years now, is I've closed listings for my team in all these different states. So my sales skills have been very, very well honed. And my favorite thing to do is negotiate buying properties for a lot, lot less than they're worth. And so people in my pod that I've been in, like they started having me do it. And so like I'd hop on one call and close the deal, that type of thing. Like I'm not, I'm not hundred percent like any salesperson is not, but, but bottom line is I, I feel very confident that I'm better than probably 90% of the, of the reps out there based on the number of reps that I have and experience. So the product that we're essentially offering is one, we can provide all the strategies that we've learned from hundreds of interviews with multimillionaire real estate investors. Plus, as they get into these deals that they're finding, we could help them structure their buying criteria, help them deliver on the negotiations. And as you guys know, like there are a lot of ways to buy a property. You can buy a property with cash. You can buy a property creatively with funding, with private money. Like, And the way that you buy it can make such a difference in how many you can do and the profit that you get. So basically, we're accepting a retainer fee for a period of time, year to three years, depending on the program. And then they have access to us. And so as a result, we help them negotiate their deals. We help them with the strategies and we connect them to our, to our contacts. Man, I love that business model. That's dope. Thanks, and man. The reason, the reason why I like this too, because I have my own hired gun. It's this guy. Yeah, right. And that's usually how it works, right? It's partnerships. Yeah. As opposed to like, okay, not, not obviously you guys got a great thing going on, but like if someone like, Hey, I don't want to give up 50% of the equity of my company. Like, Hey, I could hire this guy for X amount. It just depends on how much volume they're doing. If they do one deal, we probably will make them a lot more than what they spent. But if they do 10, we'll make them hundreds of thousands of dollars more than they spent. Yeah. And then the, the, this, this goes down to the point where I, Anthony like talks about this a lot too, is that if you are a sales closer and you do that for a living, you're a dangerous person. And this is where Anthony's down to the point where like Anthony's co-calling some of our clients like on the, on the fly because he, he likes closing. And like, I think it's a, and this is one of the crazy things about that is that if you're put in that position more often, you become more dangerous. We're like, now we're teaching these bigger deals. Anthony's like, I'll get on the phone with any one of those because now I'm understand. I know what to ask. I know what to say. And I can close these bigger deals because I've done it multiple times. I think it's the it's exercise of actually talking to those people that gives you the benefit of taking that to the next level whenever you are talking to those high level people. And you can talk to anybody at that point if you, if you can close bigger deals. 100%. Yeah. And I mean... I mean, especially for the ethical salespeople out there that, that we're not going to buy a property where the seller isn't completely understanding of what's going on. They want to sell on those terms. You know, when everything is ethical and above board, like it, it's a great feeling and you're helping people move on, make decisions that they want to make anyway. So like, I really do see the value in salesmanship. Like, I mean, like you guys are doing land. How many people would just not sell their land if you guys didn't come along? Cause they had been sitting for months. Like, so it's cool. You know, a lot of people have sales resistance, but it's like without salespeople in the world, a lot of people's lives would be a lot worse. 
I love that you said that, man, because I, I really do love what I do. And I, I think it's honorable and uh, I feel proud you know, of what I do. We don't, we don't use any kind of weird, shady sales tactics. Um, a lot of these big land deals, especially if they're listed, they're never moving, man. You know, there's nobody right walking around scribbling checks for two and three million dollars. Just That's just not reality. You know, it's going to take probably years for that stuff to move and we'll come in and move it in 90 days. Right. So, you know, as far as being ethical is concerned, like in the beginning, like any other wholesaler, we're like, oh, I don't know what to say to this guy. It's just so I can get the contract and flip it. And now we've refined our pitch. Right. And the last several pitches that I've done now has just been that, you know, I give the whole entire strategy to the agent from start to finish exactly how the play is going to run A to Z with no holes in it. And we've even added it to our back end paperwork now. So it's like the most transparent we've ever been. And with that, I found that it's easier to close that way <laughs> by laying it all on the table. hundred percent. Funniest it, thing ever. Exactly. It's the confidence is what leads to the closing. The transparency makes it even more likely. I think that's where people get confused. Like, Oh, I got to like fudge this or obscure this. It's like the reason. They're not, contract. Exactly. The reason they're not closing with you is because you're not confident. The second that you display the unwavering confidence, they're going to want to do business with you. And then you just have to give them the transparency and the information they need. So there's no hurdles. Um, well, and you guys like, so we were talking while I was in Mexico a few days ago, like we have a listing that has had some trouble, you know, because the problems with the property are more than most buyers want to, to handle. So we're, we're potentially going to maybe be able to work something out where we can solve their problem. Like that's the cool thing is that generally like, good companies solve problems better than other companies can solve them. And when you're working either because you're the product or you're working for a company that's better than other companies in at least an in innovation, the sales process becomes so easy because it's like th that, that person is unserved without you. Dude, I love you said that too. Yeah. I, I, I talked about that in one of our recent mastermind calls. I said like, if, if I don't get the deal with that seller, I feel like I let them down because they could have experienced working with our company. Yep. We could have had so much value. Like we brought, we we're bringing so much to the table that I genuinely feel bad for them for not going with us because we were about to show them something amazing. And I feel that, man. And recently what we've done now on our coaching calls is we're having people like bring their properties and bring their phone numbers. As long as the, the deals vet out, we'll go over it quickly. And then I'm just calling them all right there live on the spot so people can hear that. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's been a, a really cool transition. And the more transparent we've become, like you said that your confidence goes up. Because now you're telling like, hey, here's exactly what I'm going to do. And there's no fluff and there's no hype. And uh, yeah, they hear it on the other end of the phone. Like, eh, that sounds actually sounds good. So I'm like, dang, if I would have knew when it was that easy, it would have started there. Right. But you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You just get in the field and keep rocking. And then and the next thing you know, you're, you're humming. Yeah. You see that that question all the time everywhere is like, is, is, is wholesaling ethical? And I'm like, man, these guys must be doing it wrong if they feel guilty about what they're doing. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stigmas in the world, right? There's stigmas around making money. And that that's that's what's so interesting is like people, and I mean, like the internet world's, there's a lot of trolls out there. There's a lot of haters. Like, you know, they have to work really, 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 really hard in really tough jobs to make $70,000 a year. And you're out there doing 300K, a million dollars on a single deal where you spent 10 hours. And the, it's, it's, it's hard for them to comprehend why that makes sense. That's going to hurt some feelings because I was that guy, you know, killing myself. Like I said, blood on my hands. You know what I mean? Literally to try to make hundred grand a year, 80 grand a year. Yeah. 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 What is a quote that is yours or somebody else's that you resonate with? I know we already got one earlier, which is amazing, but I'm trying to get another. Oh, oh dude, I, I can give you quotes for days. I just I got a call. 
<laughs> yeah, I just got off a call with Shane McGraw, a great person. He was on our podcast. Uh, we've been chatting a lot this weekend. He said, more value to more people in less time. That's his motto. Um, so I just resonated that that super, super deeply. Um, for me, like if, if we're talking about personal philosophies, like I believe like that people should be doing what they're naturally good at, what they're naturally passionate about, and what their mission statement is all at once and should not, should not at all at any point veer from that. So a lot of people will do one of those three things, maybe two, mm -hmm. but like the, the power, the impact, the feelings you get when you're doing something you're naturally good at, like that also pays really well that you're passionate about, but it's serving a mission. So like when I wake up in the morning, one of the things I do in my morning routine is I think about who's the person that I'm trying to help. What happens in 30 years, if I don't do the activities I'm supposed to do today, who's still working that terrible job and who's miserable? Like, and I think about myself when I was there, I think about the stress that I had. Like, I think about the decision that I had to make between ordering pizza on a Friday night or running our AC for the next week because we didn't have enough money to do both. Like, like I think about those moments and go, hey, if I don't do this, so there's like, there's an element of mission behind it. It pays really well and I love it. Like my life, when I compare how I felt about my life in 2009 when I was working compared to 2023, it's a completely different world. So I know that's not a quote, but. That's such a big mission. And I, I think I think that's a, you have to find a really, really big why to do this for fun. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, think about it. Like think about the amount of work you guys do. Like we're doing 21 shows now. Like we're working 50 to 60 hours a week. Like right now, relatively unpaid. Right. Yeah. We make money here. We do a deal here and so on and so forth. But when you think about the skill sets you have, the skill sets we have, the podcast side of the business is relatively for free yep. comparatively. You yep. know, there's going to be some huge multi seven figure payoff in the end and so on and so forth. But, but at the end of the day, like if you're not doing it because you love it and you love people, like it's a rough road. So for everybody listening to this episode, we do it because we love it and we like providing valuable information. So Definitely go check the Freedom Preachers podcast and definitely check out more episodes of the Hive with us podcast because we don't get paid, at least not right now, for this. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah my, my, my jump off was real estate disruptors, man. You know, shout out to Steve Chang. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I knew nothing. I'm like sitting alone in my apartment, like, man, trying to just figure it out. And I was I, episode after episode after episode, I, I, nothing was nothing was catching on. Nothing was catching on. And uh, I was a, a woman that he was interviewing. Sorry, I forgot her name now. But uh, that's the light bulb just came on in one episode when she said that she was struggling in her business. She said, and, and uh, I, I noticed that every time I spent more on marketing that uh, my business improved. And that was like her main epiphany she had. And so I had a simultaneous epiphany. I was like, that's it. I'm a marketing guy. I've been doing marketing for 15 years. I just got to turn the lead flow all the way up. You know, and so that became my goal. And that's when things changed. Love it, brother. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're kindred spirits, man, as salespeople. It's uh, not many people want to do it and can do it. So love it. Yeah. Awesome. It's uh, creators going to create, uh, consumers are going to consume and creators are going to create. And haters are going to hate, baby. Where can people find you online? This has been such a great episode. I think is uh, we'll have to bring you out again. Just, just I, I don't even, it's been, almost 50 minutes and doesn't even feel like it dude this is so fun yes people can find me freedom chasers podcast on youtube on apple podcast they can find me uh at linktree forward slash freedom chasers podcasters or matt cavanaugh on facebook matt cavy with two v's and a y on instagram 
There you go. Go follow him. We'll put the links below. Uh, great, great episode. Please go watch more episodes like this. We did a couple more episodes after this. So if you're seeing this, we have more episodes with Matt. Go check him out. We appreciate him coming on and giving us some time for his valuable day. And go listen to 21 episodes a week. That's crazy. I feel I feel like you just one up me. I, I did. Not not to push you to do more, but if you did, you know, go ahead. It, it, it benefits everybody involved, but I'm not going to take it personally. I'm going to congratulate <laughs> you and let you do it. And let you do it for a couple months, and then I'll see what results come of it, and then maybe I'll do it. Maybe merit. Love it, brother. Thanks for coming on, man. What, Anthony? No, I just saying thanks for coming on, dude. This, this is a really, really good one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, you guys are awesome. Appreciate you. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy it. See you in the next one. Bye.